And welcome into another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It is Monday, April 19th, almost 420, guys. And it's been another wild week of sports around the world, but also specifically in Ohio. Uh, the big uh, Ohio Cup happened this last weekend, which is why um, we'll get to it. But uh, <laughs> well, actually, let's just get into the intros right now so we can, so we can enjoy this just a little bit more. Uh to my right, the loser of the 40 bet, taking the Indians. Um, a guy who brings a lot of heat and passion to the podcast, but just not quite always in the right way. Maybe the James Kranichek of this podcast. It's Oof. Zach. Oof. Zach, how we doing? Oof. I'm uh, doing good, Greg. Yeah, you know. I mean, how many times has this happened, though? Cleveland always struggles in Cincinnati, and then what do they do? They turn around and probably sweep in Cleveland. The cup will stay. Or... All I gotta do is win two out of three in the Cups days because Cleveland's had the Cup for how many years, Josh? Many. Many years. So. Last time Not the concerned. Reds won the series was 2014. Oh, yeah. I think it's that one time in the past 15, 14 seasons, I think. Whew. Something like that. Something like that. Rough. The, the voice to your left, the winner of the 40 bet, who gets to enjoy our wonderful beer from Brink Brewing, which we will talk about here in a little bit, is the much maligned at times, but surprising part of the podcast. Basically, the Jeff Hoffman of 30 Rack, who currently sports a 293 ERA. That is right. And uh, just to correct you there, uh, we mix in mono. So I'll actually be in your left and right ear, as we all will be. Whoa. Uh, yeah, technical stuff there. But Friday night, I got to be at the ballpark. I mean, Zach did too, but it wasn't was as fun there. for him. Yeah, no. Oh, that was fun. Uh, it was just nice to beat up on him for once. And Greg, you said one of those games would be a blowout. Another one would be a close one. Although I did... Really feel for you, buddy, on that pass ball. Really felt for you there. Yikes. That was rough. And then, as Josh mentioned... uh, Let him have it. Let him have one. I am the talent (laughs) around here. Some would call me the overlord of this podcast who just does things to piss people off. Maybe the Rob Manfred of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) My name's Greg, a.k.a. the talent. But, Josh, let's let's take this victory lap. We were both... We were both wrong. Uh... Zach, being the diehard Tribe fan, stepped up with the 30-rack bet. He, or the uh, 40-bet, sorry, on 30-rack. He is drinking a, what is that, a Magnum? Magnum. Wow, yeah, usually it's the classic Colt 45. Um, At my local carryout on the west side of Cincinnati, surprisingly, couldn't find a Colt 45, so they had this little number, a Magnum Premium Malt Liquor. Ooh, it's it's Miller brand, okay. Yeah, so it's it's, it's uh, good stuff. You know, it tastes amazing, uh, refreshing, crisp, as yeah. you can imagine any malt liquor would taste. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, we, we are getting to... Uh, Greg, what are we drinking today? We're drinking a Brink? Yeah, we're drinking a, a beer from Brink Brewing, who, uh, you know, if you're down in the Cincinnati area, they've, they've been a great beer uh, down in... Uh, or a great brewery down in North College Hill for a while, but they're starting to make their footprint a little bit bigger. You know, you start to see them at some of your local Kroger locations in Southwest Ohio. So it's great that they've started canning because, like you said, they've always had really good beer there, and now they're getting out there. And then we're also talking big football episode, guys. Uh, both American football, and then we'll talk some soccer football. too. I know Zach's real excited. Football. He's going to learn excited. some football today. And if you're not a soccer person, I encourage you to stick around for this one because. We unfortunately have to talk about some international soccer shenanigans, and that conversation might get a little tense. And well, then it's we'll also just... very informative because you're wondering, well, 
Why do people think Americans fuck everything up? Well, we'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you'll just learn a lot about uh, the way of the world of soccer, uh, and we'll learn we'll learn together as we drink some beer and talk some sports. And then also do our preview. Uh, this weekend was the MLS's back weekend. Uh, the uh, FCCers, as they call them, I believe, had a uh, had a result in Nashville, while uh, the defending MLS Cup champion Columbus Crew had kind of a not super exciting game against the uh, Supporters Shield winning uh, Philadelphia Union on s- Sunday. It was night. tense, just not a lot of scoring. Not, not, a, lot of not a whole lot of golazos, yeah. yeah. as they say. Golazos. But guys, let's get into a little bit of news, and then we will start. Well, Josh and I will start enjoying some beer, Zach. First up in baseball, Cincinnati takes control of the Ohio Cup. The Reds took the first two weekend games at home versus the Indians, including a final out rally on Saturday to get things to the extra innings and the eventual win before dropping Sunday's game behind another masterful performance from reigning Cy Young winner Shane Bieber. The clubs have just three weeks before the return trip to Cleveland as the Reds try to get an outright win in the season series for the first time since 2014, guys. In college basketball, some good news down in Cincinnati as Newman has been named uh, men's basketball coach. Former UNC standout and uh, UNC Greensboro head coach Wes Miller has accepted the job on a six-year deal worth just under $8 million total. Coach has hit the ground running, already getting back two pieces from the transfer portal in freshman Mike Saunders Jr. and Mason Madsen, while also reaching out to freshman Tara Eason to potentially get him back in the fold as the Bearcats look to rebuild from a depleted roster. And finally, with the draft less than two weeks away up in Cleveland, both Ohio teams are making some headlines. The Browns made a splash last week, signing defensive end Jadavian Clowney to a one-year deal, while the Bengals took over the news cycle Monday morning with their new jerseys ahead of the draft in the 2021 season. Because even when it's not football season, guys, it's football season. And those are your OH headlines. All right, Josh, it's now time for us to enjoy our beer of the week. It is from uh, Brink Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, more specifically, uh, College Hill, North College Hill, Ohio. We are drinking their Hold the Reins English Mild. Now, this is a several-time award-winning beer. Um, you know, has gold and silver medals in some of those beer competitions. Uh, can't remember. Yeah, 2017 gold, a 2018 silver, a 2019 gold, and I believe those are at the Great American Beer Festival. Yeah, so a as you mentioned, a well-known beer that, that people have liked for a while, finally starting to uh, can and get to, uh, you know, into stores. As you've started to see, you know, and especially in Southwest Ohio, they're they're starting to go into a lot of new places. So initial thoughts on the beer? It's got this nice, you know, uh, caramel brown color. And uh, looks pretty good. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I haven't had like a true English mild in so long, but it kind of caught me off guard because it says in its description that it's a, a bit nutty and with that touch of caramel, but I didn't expect so much nut, but it's a good blend, Greg. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, an English mild, as it's mentioned in the name, is a very mild beer. You get your low hops, um, you know, low alcohol. It's definitely not the strongest beer. You're only going to get so much flavor and not into it. But it's still a very good, complex flavor. You get the nuttiness. You get that, you know, specific kind of uh, caramel, you know, English style to yeah. the beer, and I think it's a it's a very well done beer. You can tell why it's such a, uh, you know, why it's such a well received beer. It's one of those beers that, you know, once again, it doesn't with the dark color. You expect it to be heavy and kind of smack you in the face, but it's a very nice, like, just drinkable beer. Yeah, I was gonna say the the body of it. It's a very very light body, and I think the finish is kind of a drier, maltier nut finish. There's also some hints of chocolate in there. Um, so yeah, you kind of get a, a very light ride of flavors, but again, a dark beer, if you want a dark beer, that's not super in the stomach, if you will, this is a good one for it. Sounds 4.6%, 18 IBU, hold the reins. Sorry. Sorry, Zach. Yeah. And usually, I mean, as far as these, these English milds, this is even high. Four and a half percent is even high for the alcohol percentage. Usually it sticks be between that like three and four percent uh you know the ibus 10 to 24 so you're kind of according to craft beer you know it just says um you know malt and caramel which you definitely get the maltiness is is a huge flavor style to it uh licorice and roast malt tones we don't get as much licorice here but you kind of get that roasty malt yeah certainly low bitterness but a nice flavorful beer if you're someone that maybe likes you know is getting your way into craft beer, but doesn't want anything like super hoppy like an IPA. This is a very nice beer where you get a lot of the flavor notes. Yeah. You don't get any of that like hoppiness that Zach loves. It's going to punch in the face. Especially if you favor malts over hops. Uh, the hop, or excuse me, the malty flavor on this is really growing on me. It's very well done. So glad Brink Brewing Company's getting out there, uh, reaching out from the hills of College Hill, North College Hill area. Uh, so Zach, before we get into our first segment, uh, we of yeah. course need your your full breakdown. You were drinking oh, a my Magnum Premium. Yeah, we haven't liquor. had this we one. Have, yeah. We usually do a Colt Forty Five. Yeah. This is new. So yeah, this is uh, Magnum. I do uh, like I do like the logo. Since we don't get a full uh, segment it is, to it, it's got like that. Like, it's a very nice logo. Very very sharp can. Yeah, it's a very um, sharp golden can. You got the twenty four ounces, which I appreciate. Sure, it also has a delicious malt flavor. I was gonna say I was just <laughs> gonna jump into r- that, jumping on the malt train here. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I mean the malt flavor just really smacks you in the face. <laughs> oh man, you can get this delivered <laughs> online to your house from Walmart. What? That's crazy. You can just order this from Walmart online. Get it delivered order to your house. What? Magnum? Mal- Magnum oh, 24. Mag- yeah. yeah, I would suggest everybody go online to walmart.com right now. Pick your up. What are they coming? Like six packs? Uh, I don't believe they come. No. I don't believe they come packed. No. I think, yeah, I think you got to get a couple of Lucy's. <laughs> <laughs> this is ultimately great malt flavor. You know, look at this. Uh, I'm going to hold up to the light for the fellas here. Look at that nice gold flat Ooh. color that you get. Um Ooh. Golden sodas, baby. Golden sodas. I assume they use some of the highest type of rice as well to brew this. Um, yeah, I think a great value buy, by the way. A dollar three. Wow. You can't even buy a points, candy bar for a dollar three. That's 5.6% yeah. from uh, the makers of uh, Miller Coors. That's, yeah. So that's very nice there. Definitely top three for me. Look, if top you're trying to kick that candy habit, I don't know. If- <laughs> 
All right, well, we're going to keep enjoying our Hold the Reins English Mild from Brink Brewing Company while Zach delightfully trudges through his Magnum Premium. Guys, uh, it's time to talk a little football, and I mean that in the American style. All right, guys, for our first quick sip of the pod, we're doing a little fact or fiction. Uh, some of the changes in the NFL, we've got our first fact or fiction of football season, even with the draft coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, this one comes from Cleveland. With the Browns adding Jadavian Clowney to their defensive line, do the Browns have the scariest defense in the AFC? Zach, I love your face. I kind of agree with it. Um, fact or fiction? No, they don't even have the scariest defense in their division. Oh, you want me to go on? Oh, sorry. Okay. No, we just wanted you to say one word. I mean, I, I like I like Jadavian. I think that's a nice pickup, but uh, still need more depth. I think the Pittsburgh and Baltimore are definitely uh, still a step ahead. I mean, points like what was it? Points a game last year. I think you guys were down towards the bottom third of the league still. So maybe bumps you up a couple spots. Maybe. I mean, Clowney's never been a guy who's shown that he's a consistent motor guy, plays with a lot of heart. So, nice name. Yeah, good household name for you. Yeah, but Everybody I mean, likes I that. Just, there's more room. We'll see after the draft. I was going to say, you know, I'm going to go fiction, and I will say they have become a pretty scary defense just as far as, like, game planning having to do with right. Garrett and Clowney, but there's still a lot of weaknesses behind them that you know if they had some better cover corners or whatever they have added you know at their safety spot john johnson they're getting delpit and greedy williams back this year they will have a better defense but i'm looking for an average defense that can maybe make some plays i don't exactly even think they're going to be a defense that can take over a game but when you have an offense like that do you really need to no but i mean you know, Tough you want to go into in Kansas, the division. You go into Arrowhead again. You're gonna need your defense to make a couple plays. Yeah, more plays than they did last year, especially yeah. against Chad Henning. I was gonna say Chad, <laughs> the Hen Man himself. Uh, Josh, what about you? I gotta go fiction here, but I'm giving them. You know, by midseason, I think they definitely could be up there. The one thing you gotta consider is Joe Woods is definitely gonna have like way more options, especially in terms of blitz packages, because they made some free agent signings in the secondary. Running that four two five. Um, and last year they had the seventh best QB hurry rate in the league. However, they just couldn't, you know, finish those. They had the fewest QB knockdowns in the NFL and only finished 15th, uh, in the NFL with 38 sacks. And I mean, they lost two of their pieces from that defensive line. Half of those sacks Uh, off the team. Richardson could be back. They're saying, but Vernon had the torn Achilles anyway. So, but yeah, he was done anyways. Do have Billings back and, you know, possibly have some more interesting blitz packages because if you remember especially late in the season they were decimated early in their defensive backfield the last game or two they had a couple players out for covid stuff so they definitely went through you know miles garrett had covid and really wasn't the same even for the entire rest of the year so there's certainly some things to be more excited about i think this defense will be quite a bit improved i just don't know if it'll be the scariest or the best or anything. I just think it'll be better. Alrighty, guys, for our next quick sip, we're 
we're doing a little hell yeah, hell nah. This one we're going, we're leaving Ohio, but we're not just leaving Ohio, we're leaving the States. We're jumping across the pond to Europe. So uh, the big news from yesterday, last night, in the world of sports and in the world of soccer was this uh, European Super League. So basically, there was an announcement. There are currently 12 teams. They're thinking they'll get a few more teams in, plus uh, you know, a few rotating teams. But it's basically 12 teams, six from the Premier League, three from La Liga, and three from Serie A. None so far from the Bundesliga or Ligue 1. I thought they were trying to get a few from the Bundesliga. So right but... now, the plan, the original plans are to get um, uh, Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund from uh, Germany and then PSG from France, but they haven't signed on yet. Uh, Germany is very much against it just because of how they, they do things with uh, soccer. But basically, it's a differing... Um, it's a differing league. Basically, they'll still play in all their domestic leagues, but basically what it is is it's kind of like a playoff or a tournament based on your results from the previous year as things have been currently constructed. The top four teams from um, England, from Spain, from uh, I believe it's top three from Italy, Germany, and France all go into the UEFA Champions League. So a lot of these teams... You know, don't always make it every year, but it's a big financial help when they make it, but it's not, it's definitely not guaranteed. And it's a lot of these um, rich guys and a lot of these English owners are American or from the Middle East kind of doing a cash grab here where it's basically instead of having to qualify every year, it cuts out having to qualify. All these teams move in every year. Nothing more American than a cash grab. And then... um, you know, basically taking all the money for themselves and taking the money away from other potential teams to get in. So it's one of those things that, like, if you could imagine, I mean, which a bunch of people definitely could, like a Duke, UNC, Kentucky, UCLA, you know, a bunch of those teams break away and do their own March Madness. And it hurts, you know, the visibility for some of these small teams to maybe get a big upset. It hurts, you know, if there was more revenue sharing and the NCAA wasn't quite what they are, there'd be more money coming around. But then also, all these teams get extra money. It cripples the other teams in their league, and they can't really qualify for this Magic League. Don't put it past Coach K. I'm ready for that to come down. (laughs) Coach K's too old for that. So, so Greg, you're going, hell nah, this is not a good idea. So I'm going, I mean, I'm definitely going, hell nah. It has nothing to do, I mean... There have been supporters groups from the teams that are in the Super League that are mm-hmm. saying, no, just has to do with basically greedy owners and, and uh, I mean, boards. It has uh, massive ramifications for the Champions League. And then it could turn into a huge pissing contest between UEFA, FIFA, and these groups. Because right now, uh, you know, UEFA and FIFA are potentially banning players that play from these teams from, you know, world competitions. Yeah. Like, uh the Euro Cup and the World Cup. Um, you know, there's some talks about potentially banning these teams or moving these teams from their leagues domestically. So, like, kicking those teams out of the Premier League mm-hmm. or out of the Football Association, mm-hmm. which would be the top four leagues altogether. So, there are definitely... Though this thing is formed, it's certainly not a done deal. What about you, Josh? What are your thoughts? 
Uh, I, I'm hell not on this because, yeah, I mean, it's a far off thing, like a, a concept really. Um, but like when I saw it announced the other day, like I thought it was a joke uh, just because it's soccer is especially over there, you know, comes from a tradition of being built from from nothing. And there are still teams from the working class from that class that build up like that. And you've seen kind of, you know, how people are kind of starting to, as Greg, you're familiar with, take stake in some of these smaller teams. But there's still even teams below that that, you know, rise up through the ranks. And that's how a lot of these teams now you got like to where a, they are. A Leicester City who wasn't, you know, in anything and then won the league. To go back to your point about Germany, because I think it's, it's a great point to bring it up, German teams are very much the built-by-the-working-class teams. You know, there were there were big protests after the Bundesliga tried to have a game, you know, one game a week pushed to Monday, basically like a Monday night football. And mm-hmm. they were like, no, the working man has to work on Monday. Like, we're not doing that. So mm-hmm. there were big protests. They tried to raise the prices for some of the big games. And it was something to the equivalent of like 75 bucks for a lower bowl game, which in America you're like, you know, for like a big Ohio right. State game or something, oh, like yeah, that's 75 deal. bucks is a steal. Oh, yeah. But for them... It's about the working class. It's about, you know, supporters starting these clubs. Because, you know, these are clubs that go back generations. You know, there are, I think there are like five clubs in the top four leagues of European football that are younger than 60 years old. Mm. And two of them are kind of a conglomeration of an issue in like 2000. So the most of them are like 40 to 60 and then the large majority of them are 100-plus years old. So this is a whole, you know, supporters starting up these things, basically just being your local neighborhood team and turning them into these massive things. And Mm -hmm. you're basically ripping that away from the people that kind of started it. And it just goes away. It it just takes away from the... Soccer's the world's game, and it just goes... Like, we talk about it with baseball. The world's game, the beautiful game, and... you know, we talk about it with baseball all the time here, how it's such a regional thing, and that's what creates the cool rivalries and everything. That's worldwide for soccer, and this just destroys all of that. And it just you shouldn't be able to buy your way into competitions. That's what's wrong with American soccer. That's what they're going to do here. Yeah, and eventually, you know, you look at some of these teams, you won't see the, the Leicester Cities or the Blackburn Rovers who won the league, you know, in the late 90s to be able to get to this point. And it's just kind of a shame because when you're rooting for one of those small clubs, it's just like, you know, your expectations are to win the league, but it's maybe to go up into the Premier League, finish in the top half of the Premier League, finish in the top four or six to qualify for some of these champions, you know, Champions League or Europa League. And then it just kind of goes all all by the wayside. But Zach, being the one uh, non-soccer fan here, yeah, with all get, of your I wanted insights, to get an outsider's look. The only reason we're talking about this, by the way, is because we were going to do the whole soccer thing for the big chug, and then this happened, yeah. and kind of have to talk about it. But I'm very curious to hear a soccer outsider's thoughts on all of this. I mean, I, I, get, what, no, I get what you guys are saying. Yeah, I, I think it's bad. Uh, I, I can tell you majority of people outside of soccer are like, huh? sounds yeah. like American to me, but yeah. I think it sounds bad, terrible. I'm sorry, I don't have like a super corporations. Hell nah. Corporations, hell. Nah. You got teams in there like like I Hotnum like the relegation thing. What, like I always said I thought trophy? it'd be funny to see, you know, like 
Obviously, the Mariners are off to a good start. Like, or like the Yankees right now. They could be in trouble for relegation. Have to go down and get Trenton or something up there. Well, it gives teams of all levels, you know, goals. Something to play for. Those fans, too. Like, uh, I mean, the the jersey that I'm wearing right now is just basically the equivalent of a AAA team right now Mm -hmm. trying trying to finish in the top two of their league to go up and play in the big boy league again. How's that going? Uh, so we're in third. So we're in the hey, we're in the playoffs right now. We'd be in the so three through six kind of does like a playoff for the last spot. If we get to second place, we get automatic promotion. But we've kind of been up and down. Tough draw against the the worst team in the league last week in Wycombe Wanderers. But you know, Craig Miller, Swansea City owner, going to be making some window moves here. If you want to, oh, big window moves. I mean, we tried taking all the Americans last time. It didn't really work. So, but that's a great segue into us talking a little bit of American soccer next in our big truck. All right, guys, it's time for our big chug as we've been talking a little bit about it so far. We're talking uh, soccer in America. Um, As we mentioned, MLS is uh, getting started here. Got some big competitions coming up this summer in soccer both on the men's and the women's side so a lot of uh interesting storylines going on or going on josh so uh where do you want to start out with this uh we'll start with country and work our way back down to club because there are a lot of different exciting tournaments that you could follow this year the welsh national team i mean here domestically that is (laughs) uh so there's the gold cup um the gold cup that is part of Concacaf. And it what is does CONCACAF stand for? The again? Confederation of North and Central American and Caribbean Football. I think. Something like that. Federation. Feder- no, because it's the Confederation. I don't know. Uh, but there's 12 countries that would qualify for the uh, Gold Cup via the CONCACAF Nations League, which is a whole other competition that we can get to another time are you talking about the confederation of north central america and caribbean association football that's it there you go Uh, look at that off top of his head so (laughs) (laughs) yeah right uh for a second so there's 12 countries qualify from the nation's league and then there's four that qualify via the 2021 Concacaf gold cup qualification tournament Um, and uh, i believe in june the U.S. plays in the Nations League semifinals against Honduras on June 3rd. Mm-hmm. That is I right. I love those Hondurians. The winner of the Gold Cup, they used to qualify for the FIFA Confederations Cup, which would then qualify you sort of, but also preview you for the World Cup. I think this year you just get to win the Gold Cup and be champion of North America and Central America and Caribbean. So... Not entirely sure football? what's going on there. The whole COVID thing kind of threw a lot of these formats into whack, and we'll see that in almost all of these tournaments. But the quarterfinals, like Greg mentioned, the Nations League kind of wrapping up in June, and then the quarterfinals and the semifinals of the Gold Cup are happening this July. And uh, you never know, guys. We've got two new stadiums that will be open by then. Ohio could get some looks to host some of these games. The finals are happening in August, at the brand new Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, first time hosting a soccer match of this type. So that'll be cool. 
The Al that's, Davis flame. That's the gold in soccer, just as you always imagined. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure and he loves it. For the U.S. men's national team, that's that's about it. Well, you know, if well, you're looking looking to watch them in any significant, we got September coming up. We got the beginning of the World Cup qualification. Yeah, so you'll have you'll have that. But in terms of this last September. cycle, when is it? September. <laughs> in September, you will have those qualifiers, September. but. Before that, we have the Olympics. Men's national team did not qualify. Well, play. not really the men's A- national again. team. Yeah. Again. Again. Not really the men's national team. The men's yeah, U-20 yeah. something team. U-23 well, team. Which isn't a, yeah, no isn't a really good sign. No one really cares about men's soccer in the Olympics. I mean, if you actually knew anything about I don't, association I don't. I don't know anything about the women's. Football. They qualified though Except after winning the Concacaf Olympic Qualifying Championship. Cool name there. Mouthful. Yeah, twelve countries. U.S. will be one of the women's. Uh, some great scoring there in the semifinals for them. Uh, Cincinnati's own Rose Lavelle got it started with a goal on the fifth minute of the semifinal, and then they won the semifinal. I think four zero in the final six zero or something like that. Destroyed, basically. So U.S., Canada will also be in the Olympics for the women's side. And that wraps it up for country until, Greg, I know you got more on the next year's cycle of things, qualifying for the the World Cup. Well, World Cup would be starting in um, September. Uh, They used to have the the old Hex, which was the top six teams. Now it's been... uh, Moved out to eight teams currently. So is this the, kind of like is this World Cup thing? Is this like the World Baseball Classic, just a smaller scale? Uh yes, yeah, sort of. <laughs> except you know, like maybe the biggest <laughs> competition in the world uh, when it when it comes like to the things. FIBA World Championships. Yeah, a little kind bit like of, that. Kind of. You're like getting that. closer. You're getting warmer. Warm. And, Actually, it's gonna get, and it's going to be quite warm the there. FIBA World Championships, Whoa! But first, uh, the answer is yeah, of course, but. Uh, so currently they are in the first round, but uh, the U.S. does not show up until the third round, which will be the eight teams right now currently qualified for that is, uh, you know, your regulars, your U.S., Mexico, Honduras, stuff like that. So wait, so. what are they? What? They're in the third round? They're they're in the, they, yeah, they get a bye to the third round because the teams that are participating in the first round are such, uh, such high-level teams as, you know, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Aruba, uh, okay. Bermuda. Ooh, I want to take you. Key Largo, uh, Montego. So they make those teams play more. Yeah. I mean, they basically, because they're in one of the lower leagues for the Nations League, mm. Canada actually has to start in this league. But uh, Well, Greg, we've still got some uh, statesmen from uh, at least former crew players that are still on the men's national team. Yeah, right now the the men's national team is uh, kind of in an interesting spot with their roster because they've basically been playing certain games stateside where they have you know their MLS players and whatnot, and then their European games where they basically have all their players from Europe. So currently on the state side, you'll see guys like you know uh, Jossie Zardes, who's the striker for the crew. But then on the European side, you have uh, Manchester City backup goalkeeper and former Columbus Crew goalkeeper Zach Steffen between the pipes. So, uh, you know, a lot of interest out of the men's national team because for the first time pretty much ever, 
the U.S. has a big European presence, you know, from it's not just, you know, Landon Donovan on kind of a middling team. You know, you have guys on Manchester City. That Pulisic you, kid. Uh, Chelsea. Yeah, Pulisic at Chelsea. You have uh, Sergio Dest at Barcelona. You have Gio Reyna at Borussia Dortmund. Uh, you know, you got a bunch a, of guys. It's not just a everywhere. couple guys like in England. You've got a wide footprint over there now. So, yeah, a lot of, and for, you know, your club fans here for the crew and everything, you've got guys there you can watch, um, which brings us to the Columbus crew, who are currently playing in the quarterfinals of the CONCACAF Champions League. Starting very soon are the quarterfinals. So, the CONCACAF Champions League, we talked a little bit about last week. CONCACAF. Night, or excuse me, 16 clubs qualify Nine North American clubs from three different leagues, at least one Caribbean club, which is usually the Caribbean club champion, and then six the six top finishers from the CONCACAF League. The league. Not the tournament, the league. So the CONCACAF so much CONCACAF. League, we need of, a CONCACAF counter. Two yeah. of those from the league have to be Central American uh, teams, and the CONCACAF League is 18 teams from Central America, three from Caribbean, one from North America. So the top six finishers from them in that league also qualify for the Champions League. So crew April had a great semifinals. You made a great uh, round or of quarterfinals or round of 16. Yep. Going to the quarterfinals. Yep. We'll was get working there. my way forward there. Uh, yeah, so they, after... Uh, Two wins. Uh, the first one uh, versus uh, Real Esteli. They got a big 4 0 win and then just kind of a 1 0 win. Just move it on through. Not, nothing to see here. Now, you know, all the teams that are left, uh, you got four uh, U.S. teams, three Mexican teams, and then uh, one Canadian team in uh, Toronto FC. So Columbus will play on April 28th. In their first, um, their first leg versus Monterey from uh, Liga MX, and then they will play the return trip down in Mexico in Monterey on uh, Cinco de Mayo, actually, Ooh. May fifth. So the winner would play the uh, winner of the Toronto FC Cruz Azul matchup. So some exciting things there. Uh, so far, the U.S. has looked good, but. Monterey's probably looked like one of the strongest teams in the tournament, too. So it could Absolutely. be a little bit dicey. Yeah. Uh, finally setting some history, us Americans, in that tournament. We have five MLS teams in the quarterfinals. Never had that many MLS teams. So grew a part of the history there. Uh, and quarterfinals, like we said, happening uh, very soon, the next couple weeks. Semifinals and finals will happen in August and September, respectively. The winner of this tournament actually qualifies for some pretty cool stuff, Greg. The Club World Cup. The Club World Cup. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I know. So, so you have your World Cup, and then you have your Club World Cup. World Cup country, Club World Cup, obviously I mean, I, club. I, 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 yeah. In South America, Zach, the Club World Cup is very highly coveted, but I, basically only there. The rest Why? of the world. I, <laughs> Why is South America? Uh, they usually have some decent clubs that, you know, can get Usually get the European there. team comes out, you know, so the team that wins the uh, UEFA Champions League, so like Real Madrid or something. They, they go out to They that. go out to wherever the um, the Club World Cup is. They get like a double bye. 
They yeah. kick two teams' ass, and then they call it a day. Yeah. So. Yeah, winning winning the Champions League is way more important to them than yeah. winning yeah. the next stage. But it means something different to everybody. That's fair. But the crew, uh, maybe. You never know. You never know. I think there's only been... Uh, or has there? I don't think there has Is this on been. TV? Never seen it made a big deal. Uh, like I've never I said, heard of uh, it was on replay in the States last year. Uh, I might have uh, been on one of those fancy streaming I think it platforms. is going to be this year because this year they expanded it to be 24 teams or something like that. So more teams are going to play. And really? then they there moved used it to, only to be a different, seven. So. Yeah, they, they're moving it to a different time of year too, specifically for better broadcasting and uh, sponsorship. Though. The moolah, baby. Uh, and then we were going to talk about the 107th, 108th uh, Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Uh, the 108th, excuse me. And that is the oldest... It's been going on since 19... Uh, 19... 13? Uh, 1914. 14? Well, I guess yeah, they didn't do it in 2020. Okay. It is the longest running soccer tournament in America, and this is one of the ways, one of the four ways, a American team qualifies for the CONCACAF Champions League. CONCACAF. Tying at sea, we're coming full circle here, folks. It is confusing, but we just came full circle Look, to Lamar Hunt, get a board, U.S. Open Cup. Get some string. Got Pepe Silvia everywhere. <laughs> FC Cincinnati fans will remember uh, the Open Cup run. They made it to the semifinals a couple years ago. Back when they were in the USL. Back when they were in the USL. Um, this year, uh, the plan was to have eight MLS teams, four USL teams from the now two tiers of UL, USL, and then I think one division four team and then one independent team. The plan was originally to start here in May to June, but just recently U.S. soccer came out and said that they are going to not do that anymore because COVID stuff. And even they're going to are playing in their, yeah, even though teams are playing in their domestic leagues, but uh, they are looking at playing the competition later this year as it is a very prestigious, you know, longest running tournament. People want it back because it wasn't played last year. And people are quite upset about this decision. But I trust that uh, U.S. soccer will want to play this eventually. And uh, who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Gosh, I'm going to need another another beer if we're trusting U.S. soccer. So why don't we get to uh, Zach's reading of the can. As he doesn't get to enjoy this wonderful beer, but gets to read, read the for Oh, we can read the Magnum, too. That's fine. We'll read both. A favorite among malt liquor drinkers, Magnum delivers smooth, refreshing beer tastes and enjoyment in a malt liquor. Drink Magnum. Get big. <laughs> that was beautiful. Can we can we read the actual one now? Oh, so, oh, oh yeah, sorry. <clears throat> This award-winning beer took home a gold medal from the 2017 Great American Beer Festival. English Mild is the original Session Ale, while still full-flavored. Moderate sweetness, a bit nutty with a touch of caramel, chocolate, and roast notes give way to a dry finish. Wow. Yeah. Dad, are you tasting all of that, Zach? Uh, I'm tasting it all. <laughs> uh, once again, drinking... Hold the Reins, English Mild, from Brink Brewing Company in College Hill, Ohio. Uh, the can, it's got some nice uh, 
Got some nice fighter planes on here, the little turboprop planes. Gotta love that. Right, Zach? I, I like the, up, yeah, the box. It's cool. Up in the sky, up in the cloud. It's got the little... It's a nice... Uh, brewing company logo on the I mean, on the wings. It's no Magnum can, but I mean... <laughs> no, it's no Magnum 24. <laughs> it doesn't have that golden finish to it. No, like. it doesn't. No, that, I do like the... Uh, the can design. Um, I was kind of trying to see if I could look at more on their website. I just I like those simple cans. There's nothing too. Uh, they they're very I, too ostentatious about it, which I like. It's very, yeah. They have. I mean, their their summer tide is kind of nice. It's got like the their cream ale has a flamingo on it with just the one foot up. Ooh. That's a very nice one holding the can. Their uh, milk stout moozy has uh, a cow being ridden like a bull. Oh, with uh, cool. someone on top. I can't tell exactly. It looks like a Mad Max-esque human. Uh, on the Brink, which is their, their like, you know, kind of flagship beer. That was... Uh, their IPA has, uh, you know, guys kind of climbing to the top of a mountain that has a giant hop on top. Mm. They have very... Hop, uh, on top, hop on top and top on top. They have a very uh, good landscapes, I feel like, on their cans. That yeah. Kinda, kind of draw you in i was looking at like the maiden voyage which is cool it's like uh it's got the aliens aliens well no it's like a spaceship but it's made out of beers that's cool yeah and the the aliens are hops yeah it's very nice very i like nice. plus i like aliens. the little logo it's the b but the cutouts in the b are uh in case the, you didn't notice that the wheat the wheat the wee hops so uh clean can always a favorite of mine yeah, Brink Brewing, like we said, getting into the distributing business. Long time established brewery here in Cincinnati. Finally breaking out there. Look for their picturesque cans out in stores, guys. Pretty cool stuff. As we move into the second part of our big chug, we're moving from the U.S. national team and the big national cups to the MLS preview. Josh, as the MLS just restarted next weekend or last weekend. Uh, some some draws to start the season for uh, FCC and the crew. But I mean, what do we kind of have to look forward to this season for both teams? Uh, well, you know, the crew obviously added even more depth to their roster this year. So the defending MLS champions uh, have a lot to look forward to in a packed season. What with the opening of their new stadium in July. Um, and then with FC Cincinnati, you have the opportunity to have probably your best season in MLS, which isn't saying a whole lot. But <laughs> not finishing not, last. Not finishing last would be a uh, a, a, like a good great place goal for, a for them. Team to start. <laughs> so you know, and yeah, you'll get to see uh, for FC Cincinnati. I think too, you'll get to see some actual like good players in their positions, like Lucho Acosta, who's an actual say, so true ten. Where are your strengths at? You got Lucho Acosta yeah, at a you, ten. Uh, obviously, the big signing in Brenner. Brenner up uh, up top at the nine and everything. And we saw each of them score uh, Acosta in the run of play, and then Brenner with a uh, foul by the goalkeeper earned him a spot at the uh, the penalty spot and converted that. Uh, so you know those two guys are good because you know those are world class guys right there. You're gonna you're gonna watch them perform. You're going to see them do well. You've already seen, you know, in the preseason and at least early in this uh, game against the opener against Nashville, a much more creative offense. Um, 
And so I think that's one of the things, strengths-wise, that FC Cincinnati can look forward to. Strength-wise for Columbus, though, what are you thinking? Um, I mean, as you mentioned, they're just a team that got deeper. Uh, you know, continuity is important. Uh, they finally rebuilt their roster to a point where, you know, they have a full roster and they can just kind of build upon it. Uh, you know, didn't really lose any huge pieces. So um, a lot of continuity and finally some depths or finally some depth at, you know, uh, the front with Bradley Wright Phillips, uh, you know, covered a new backup goalkeeper in Evan Bush. And then the big acquisition, um, another attacking midfielder, kind of a Zalaran backup, uh, Alex Matten from R- Romania. So definitely um, still all the pieces there to be successful again for another year. Absolutely. And I think uh, obviously we won't get to our Hell is Real, uh, which we'll get to at the end of the segment, but those matches not coming till later in the season. Both teams should be at midseason form by then. But, you know, for FC Cincinnati, one of their worst weaknesses, I think, is that of the opposite of the strength that the crew has, where the crew have a lot of depth. You know, like we talked about with Lucho Acosta, he's true number 10 and everything. And while that's great, there there really isn't another guy like him behind him on the team. Um, With Brenner, you kind of have Jürgen Lacadia, who's also there. his situation is looking a little murky. What with him being on loan with an option to buy after it. And then they brought in Brenner this past year as a record signing at striker. So a little bit of compete competition there at that position that could muddy the waters in the front office is going to have to figure that out. But as far as the depth, especially on the attack, if some of those guys start to get hurt, you're going to run into a lot of trouble, I think. So I'd say that would be the biggest weakness for the orange and blue. What about the what about the back line? The back line is also a huge weakness. Uh, I don't think it obviously right now at the front of the season as we work to get uh, some visas in on those guys that we acquired. That always might, the visas. Yeah, always the visas for the international guys. Uh, so <laughs> it's wild. Once that steps up, uh, that that'll be good. Having uh, you know guys in the midfield like Barrial. Um, Harris Madunyanin is a good veteran presence just to have on the roster right now. Uh, Joseph Clajau, uh, he converted to right wing back last year. You know, Stom likes his uh, fullbacks, wingbacks. Uh, that situation is something you'll have to work out because you also have Kubo, who's kind of starting to work back into that. So you still have guys on this team, especially yeah. dispense defensively, that aren't playing in their true positions. And the defenders that are leave a little to be desired still running a back five or i don't know what it's going to be this year yeah last year they kind of switched that five three two um a little bit this year i think you might see a mix of that in a four three three okay and then no uh, with the wing backs you either get five or you, you go with three at the back and who knows how yeah works, it's but. it's all over the place right now especially as personnel still gets figured out but weaknesses for the crew greg um i would just say you know, consistency, uh, you know, when they're playing their best, I think they can, they've shown that they can beat any team in the league, but, uh, you know, when they don't show up or, or, you know, uh, they kind of lose their focus, maybe a couple injuries kind of throw them off kilter. They can fall real quick. Uh, just to kind of describe their, their season in three parts last year, their first 13 games, uh, they were nine wins, three draws and one loss with nine clean sheets. Then out of their next 10 games, they only won three games and no clean sheets. And then went 
four and zero in the playoffs, not giving up a goal in the uh, quarterfinals, semifinals, or championship. So when they're on, they can, you know, beat down a lot of good teams. They even had some COVID issues in the playoffs, so they could, you know, they beat Seattle, a lot of these good teams. But then, you know, when they're struggling during that middle section last year, you know, at the beginning of the year they played FC Cincinnati kicked the crap out of them. And then they were doing that lull during those two other games and, uh, you know, tied one and lost one. So it's certainly one of those things where when they're playing their best, watch out. But when they don't quite have it, they're a hundred percent beatable by any team in the league, even Cincinnati. And I guess that brings us to a, a good point with, uh, the hell is real Derby. Uh, I believe it is a Midweek July game there at the beginning of July. July 7th. July 7th here at the West End Stadium in Cincinnati. And then August 27th, a Friday evening, early Friday evening game at the new Crew Stadium in Columbus. That one, I believe, in the 6 o'clock hour. Love that. Great. (laughs) On the first Friday of Ohio High School football. Good, good job on the scheduling there, everybody. You what? You don't <sighs> not getting everybody up for a early Friday night or a Wednesday evening clash. But I think because you know you definitely don't want that's all big of TV the ratings. You definitely don't Wednesday want nice Wednesday nights. The hot night. I was gonna say you definitely don't want any of the supporters from the other team having enough time to go down or up. So yeah, that's, six o'clock big hour for the Heineken. That's uh, as somebody who loves to lament every sports league's inability to like understand scheduling. It's ter- terrible. Just, terrible. Understand their fan it's base. Terrible. I don't get that at all. Why wouldn't you put rivalry on the on the weekend? Perfect I don't know. time. It's a bummer. Create the tailgate situations, potential fights. Maybe they don't want that, but yeah, yeah. You know, at least a little curveball. I'm not saying Dodgers Giants. Jesus. <laughs> all right, never mind. But uh, yeah, so we'll have the two matchups this year, um, and then I don't know, at least two matchups here in the regular season. Don't you laugh at me? <laughs> <laughs> don't you? Laugh. Uh, so, Greg, I'll start us off with the predictions here. Uh, just based off of where we're at now, I think the crew are going to come down to the West End Stadium and give us another beat down. However. I think, you know, you brought up the consistency thing, and that'll be after the Olympic break and uh, 6 o'clock on a Friday night. I don't know. Maybe uh, we play to a nil-nil draw up in Columbus. Those are my my predictions for Hell is Real, Darby. Early I, predictions, mind you. I actually have the, the exact opposite take. Do I think okay. uh, I think Cincinnati puts up a fight. I would say a draw, but I would say a draw with goals, maybe like a 1-1 or 2-2-1. And then I think... Energy, first time playing Cincinnati at the new stadium. I think they have a little extra gusto, and I think they they put it on pretty good. I don't know, but... So you're thinking more like last year's game in Columbus that was kind of high, high-octane, high-scoring, high-intensity game. Because you think... I'd take that you know, any day. A couple of days before um, they play FC Cincinnati, the crew do have you know big game, their first game at their new stadium, so... Could be looking in a little bit of a letdown spot there. So I would say draw and then crew win. But I think we're both taking uh, a crew win and a draw somewhere in there. Yeah, if, if the orange and blue can pull an upset off, I'd be I'd be so, so thrilled. But I've yet to see it. Uh, you know, saw a lot of, you know, the same in that 2-2. You come out hot out of the gate, have two goals early, but then we're very stagnant 
and couldn't keep possession the rest of the time. The crew game was exciting. They, I feel like, were inches from goal so many times. Just that creative enough at the back end, uh, you know, a Didn't foul that was, a lot of close set pieces. Yeah, a potential penalty that got uh, varred off to like a to like a very short free kick, which is always difficult. Uh, you know, they came out, they got a shot on goal thirty seconds in. Uh, I thought Eloy Room, their goalkeeper, played really well, but just not enough creativeness uh, or creativity, I believe is the word. But, you know, playing against the uh, the team that had the best record over the entire regular season, uh, you know, you'll take the result. I'm not happy about it. I think they should have won, but you'll take it and move on. Yep. Yep. Well, that's our uh, American soccer MLS web of tournaments and leagues. CONCACAF. CONCACAF. 30 Rack of Sports. What's booing Ohio? What's booing Ohio. What's booing? What's brewing? What's what's canoeing in Ohio? Canoeing. Hey, Greg, you know where a great spot for canoeing is actually? Where? Port Clinton, Ohio. We're going back, boys. We're already going back. I'm going, going, going back. And we're going back, back to Port, Port Clinton, Clinton, Ohio for the beer, the brewery we just had on the show a couple weeks ago. Catawba Island Brewing Company. Guys, Catawba is doubling down on their on efforts. what they say on their efforts uh, on their uh, brewing their efforts <laughs> their on efforts the their usually brewing, i just hear beer. gop senator doubles down. No. no i don't think it's that kind of thing <laughs> but uh catawba brewing Is that uh the kfc sandwich the double down or? yeah okay. yeah one of those four dollar bag things uh, they have been brewing guys at like maximum capacity. So one of the reasons they haven't been able to get a lot of you know cool beers out there, they've just kind of been doing their flagship. It's because they haven't had the space to manufacture mm. that or distribute that, brew it. So they're expanded to an additional brew house, fermentation, cold storage, canning space, all in this new production capacity that they're building. Um, tonight, or not tonight, excuse me, uh, May 8th, uh, they'll be over. <laughs> Go on down. I was reading like two paragraphs ahead, and then Catawba Island will be uh, on May eighth, Saturday, May eighth, opening, uh, doing an open house for those interested in seeing this new space. But more importantly, guys, we can expect some more uh, funky small batch beers nice. to start coming out of Port Clinton's Catawba Island Brewing Company, another brewery that we have had on the show. Uh, I believe we only had them actually in a collaboration, but Little Fish Brewing Company over uh, in the Athens area. Yep, had a collab from them. Yep, uh, they are releasing the beer that they brewed for International Women's Day a couple weeks ago. This uh, project was done just with all the women's, trans, non-gender binary members of the Little Fish Brewing Company who collectively you know, got together to get... The do this recipe. They did all the ingredients. They brewed the beer. And guys, it is called Stabby Cat. Stabby Cat. It's a hazy IPA. Ooh, it's uh, also brewed with a hazy pink boots hot blend. That's a really cool hop collaboration. You can read more about that at ohiocraftbeer.org. But it's uh, it's got a lot of cool stuff in it, including Ooh. pineapple, habanero, peppers, Ooh. and lactose. So, so spicy 
gets hazy and everything. Wow. Portions of the proceeds from the beer will be donated to the Survivor Advocacy Outreach Program. You can learn more about Stabby Cat and the Little Fish Taproom's efforts at facebook.com backslash littlefishbrewing. And then bringing us down to our home in Cincinnati, Ohio, where, you know, first baseball club, first a lot of things, but first uh, professional fire department in the country was here in Cincinnati. Hmm. Huh. Uh, and that was first professional baseball club, not first professional club. First professional baseball club. Not first baseball club. Never mind. Yeah, first, go on. First Sorry. professional baseball club. I screwed myself up trying to correct him. Oh, gosh. The Magnum. Cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you guys have never been to the Cincinnati no. Fire Museum, it's actually a pretty cool spot. They've got a lot of stuff down there that's pretty cool, actually. Uh, Northern Row Brewery is helping to spread the word about this piece of history by doing a fundraiser for the Cincinnati Fire Museum. Uh, the brewery will tap its newest beer, Hoser, at a private event for city firefighters uh, yeah, tonight. Was there? <laughs> yeah. So they're doing that right now as we record, and uh, public can get their first taste next weekend at Northern Rose over the Rhine Tap Room. Pretty cool stuff there. One dollar yeah. from each pint will be donated to the Cincinnati Fire Museum. You can read more at northernrow.com, and you can find more about what's going on excuse me, about what's brewing in Ohio at ohiocraftbeer.org. They're on social media at ohiocraftbeer. We're on social media at Dirty Rack of Sports and all our podcasts. You can listen to them anytime on any platform at anchor.fm backslash 30 Rack of Sports. All right, guys, it's time to uh, wrap up another edition of 30 Racket Sports. Um, big soccer edition. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed learning a little bit about the Super League, a little bit about CONCACAF, a little bit about the MLS. A little bit of education. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you guys check out Brink Brewing, and especially their Hold the Reins English Mild. And then, uh, Zach, I hope you enjoyed that wonderful... Um, Magnum premium malt liquor. Through one, through most of the other one. Yeah. Honestly, for a malt liquor though, like definitely number one for me. Like it sounds like you gotta drink a malt liquor again. I'm I'm hunting down Magnum. Hunting down the Magnum. <laughs> His southeast Ohio is showing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So before yeah. we get out of here, we want to get to our shout outs for the week. Of course, first to Brink Brewing and to Magnum Premium Malt Liquor. <laughs> uh Zach, aside of that wonderful brew that you're drinking, who else are you shouting <laughs> yeah. out tonight? I got two. I usually come like unprepared for any. Uh, first one, they're all baseball related. Uh, first one, you know, we, I don't think we really touched on though. Obviously, everybody knows about Major League Baseball doing for once the right thing, pulling the All Star game. But oh, after man. you know those crazy Republicans called for a boycott and everything. <laughs> Uh, congrats to baseball as their ratings are through the fucking roof. Um, they have seen a 12% increase compared to the 18, the first 18 days of last year and a 43% increase over 2019 in viewership. Uh, so they're killing it. Lastly, to my boy, the Shanimal, Shane Bieber, not Justin Bieber. Not Sean uh, first Miller. player in uh, baseball history since they moved the mound back in 1893 to have four consecutive starts with at least 10-plus strikeouts. Thank you, Cincinnati. 
You're welcome. <laughs> Swingers Club. Swingers there on Club. Sunday, man. Woo. All right, uh, Josh, who are you shouting out? Aside of Shane Bieber for putting the beat down on the red. Well, I guess I'll do two. I'll shout out to Joey Votto for going three for four against Shane Bieber. By the way, look up Votto's uh, batting stats against Cy Young winners. It's absurd. By the way, look up <laughs> Joey Votto's contract and his stats over the last like, four absurd. years. But yeah. The boy is swinging it right now. I'm he glad to see been. him return to form. I don't think uh, that's going to last. My uh, real shout out, though, is to a former teammate of Joey Votto's, a uh, guy who played for the Cincinnati Reds Trevor and the Bauer. Cleveland Indians. And... The Mets for both Yankees or both New York teams there for a little bit, I think. Oh, Jay Bruce. Bruce. Oh, Jay Bruce retired. Yeah. Jay Bruce calling Quit it, hanging it up. I, mean, it I like up. how I like yeah. how he saw that five and whatever eighteen. Five he's like, ten. he's five like, man, I could go home and be in the basement with my wife and I kids. I forgot about that. Here. Yeah, yeah, Jay Bruce, part of uh, that nice uh, seventeen run. Congrats, Jay. Yeah, yeah, Jay more Bruce. More of a red. Thing, more yeah. of a red. Ah. Gave the gave the Reds one of the, uh, at least my generation of Reds fans one of our favorite moments of all time hitting the walk off home run to clinch the division, mm-hmm. but uh, a big big piece of Ohio baseball yeah. history there. Good hanging dude, it up. good dude. Yeah, great dude. Congratulations, Jay Bruce. Greg. Uh, so I don't think anyone really cares about baseball right now. We'll just say it. What? Uh, you know, not really interested in it after the start. <sighs> uh, after the start for the for the Northsiders. Wrigley looked beautiful last night, though. I was watching that. Oof. It was fun. It there was beautiful. a lot of scoring going on pretty. for the one team. <laughs> um, that, that, that is what Chicago Cubs basically That Hendricks. To me, though, this whole little run you guys had just this, that Hendricks me fella. upside down. So, yeah, it's, it's all about just going out and, and drinking several too many old styles in the bleachers. Exactly. Maybe trying to fight someone, but not Dodgers-Giants fight. We oh, just want to get no. that out <laughs> Um That's prison time. My shout-out goes back to soccer. goes to uh, Aiden Morris of the Columbus Crew. Uh, was the youngest player uh, in, uh, I believe, MLS history to get a start in the MLS Cup uh, at 18. Unfortunately, in just the fourth minute of the second leg versus Real Esteli last week, uh, tore his ACL. So at 19, having to fight back from a torn ACL. Um, you know, maybe not quite a starter for the crew, but definitely an important depth piece and someone that, you know, you, you hope to see grow, you know, as a crew player, as a potential, you know, national team player. So uh, wish him the best in his recovery to get back to, to form with the crew because he was a real exciting, you know, young young kid coming into form. Um, any other shout-outs, guys? I think that'll do it. I think that'll do Brink. it. Brink Brewing Company for great yeah. beer here. Yeah. Shout-out to, to Brink. Uh, next week... We will be back talking a little bit of NFL draft. The draft. As the draft heads up to the shores of Lake Erie in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, We'll have all our predictions, all of our fights, and another great beer next time on 30 Rack Sports.